Welcome to the Kentucky Resilience Lab. I'm Miles. And I am Trevor. And today our podcast is going to be about controlling the controllables and what a controlled controllables mindset is. So kind of to start is when we're thinking about controlling the controllables, it's like, what can I do in this moment? What can I do right now? And Trevor, jump in if you hear anything, but it's sometimes just like Mm -hmm. allowing ourselves to experience a little bit of discomfort or experience an emotion that we're feeling at that time. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. Like I think, you know, as, as performers, like in the, and whether that's in business or in sports or whatever, or, or whatever it is, like anything that any sort of, you know, performance situation that you find yourself in, you know, we really only have a finite or a limited amount of kind of energy, mental energy, cognitive energy, sometimes we call it. Um, and so it's going to be really important, you know, to figure out where, where's the best way that we can, we can place that attention, right? Where, how can we use that energy the best? And uh, like you said, sometimes emotions and, and things pop up from things that are out of our control. Uh, and so how we deal with those emotions and how we deal with the thoughts associated with them, all of that stuff is going to be really important because like I said, if we have that, uh, kind of finite or limited amount of cognitive energy, then if we are devoting some of it to, you know, things that we can't control, right. Things that aren't really going to help us get where we want to go. If we're, if we're devoting the energy towards that, then that's really not going to actually help us get where we want to go or perform at our best. Um, so that's kind of what I think about when I think about a control or controllables mindset, that's sort of like the big piece for me. So kind of like understanding how to navigate these difficult situations and kind of how we've discussed it as like this emotional agility, where when you think of agility, kind of like an agility ladder, being able to move quickly from one thing to another, kind of being able to change our focus. If one thing is not exactly what we want to be focusing on, we can switch it to the next thing and switch back depending on what the situation kind of calls for. Exactly. Yeah. I love, I love the the term emotional agility because yeah, it, it just highlights the fact that like, there's going to be times when you're going to need to be agile and switch your attention uh, and switch, you know, where your, where your mindset is. Right. And so, because it's, it's totally normal to, to have kind of like negative emotions or negative thoughts associated with uh, when things are, are out of our control. Right. So like if, you know, the weather isn't great and say we have to run a big race and it's going to be really hot, right? Like that might lead to some negative emotions. Uh, but if we focus on that, on the weather, right? Something that's totally out of our control uh, and we focus on those negative emotions, right? And, we, and we're not able to switch it, right? Then we're really, again, we're kind of, we're, we're in that situation where if I'm focusing on the weather, how is that going to help me win the race, right. right? It really can't. So yeah, that's a great point. If we could be emotionally agile, if I can switch, and, and A, notice when that's happening. Notice when, okay, where's my focus at here? It's probably not at something that's going to help me. Where are my emotions at? So noticing is, the I think, the first part. And then the second part is, yeah, that emotional agility, being able to switch um, after that. And I think you said you have some, like, some ideas about how um, you can deal with things, like, when you don't control, you know, things that you don't control, uh, don't have control over that elicit negative responses. Don't you have, like, some tips for that? Right. So it's kind of like a three-step process. So we start by just separating ourselves from the stimulus. So just understanding that something happens and it's a release inside of our brains that there's a response. So we're feeling something right here, right now. 
So that's kind of the first step is just understanding it's something that we have nothing to do with and something that we can't control. Next is we kind of open up to that emotion that we're feeling because as humans, as living, breathing humans, we're meant to emote and show emotions. And then mm-hmm. after that is evaluate the situation, not judgmentally, not trying to figure out what the best thing to do, but what the next steps may be so that you can move out of this stage of indecision, maybe this difficult, maybe uncomfortable, uh, an uncomfortable situation that you're in right now to move yourself mm-hmm. forward from there and kind of acknowledging the reality of the situation. Yeah, it's not a good situation right now, but maybe if I establish a perspective, it's going to help me understand how I'm going to show up and how I'm going to make my next steps going forward. Yeah, I, I love that, man. That's a great, I think that's a really good point just because it's all of that is very, to me, it's very realistic. So we're not talking about trying to like, you know, have this like things are going to be positive all the time and things are always great. And if they're not great, then we can't perform our best. It's I like what you said about kind of like embracing and, and knowing, you know, that these things are going to pop up and that's OK. So there's no need to kind of go into panic mode and, and freak out if you've noticed that you're you're you know not focused on something you can control or if something you can't control has has, you know, caused you to to have a negative emotional response like that's okay uh but again noticing that and then i like how you said as well kind of like evaluating what's next uh because when you do that i think when you when you think about okay what is the next step that is a great way to kind of channel your attention now you're by asking yourself that question and that kind of gets into self-talk a little bit it, it gets into okay well what kind of conversation am i having with myself what kind of dialogue am i having in my mind during my performance um and again that could be anything that's not just sports but but with that dialogue, like, what am I saying to myself that's going to actually help me focus on things that I can control? And yeah, that's a great question. Like, okay, what is the next thing? Like, what is the next thing? What's the next step in the in the present moment um, that's going to get me closer to the outcome that I want? Um, and so to me that, yeah, it's just all about kind of like the task at hand, the present moment. Like, if you can focus on that, that really is mostly the thing that you have control. Absolutely. I, yeah. Perfectly said. And and we don't operate in a vacuum. I mean, an athlete doesn't operate in only a sports world. So there's a lot of things going on in our in our head. I mean, we're not only on the field. We're not only on the court. There's so much more going on. So understanding how we can focus our attention and kind of, as you've put it, narrowing our focus to things that are within our control and giving us the best chance at success. Like going back to an example you gave about focusing on the weather. If we're just focusing on the weather and how crummy the weather is, that's not really going to help our performance. But maybe finding the opportunity in that to help us push forward and kind of overcome the barrier that's going to be the weather, something that's out of our control. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Cause I, I think that's what you make a good point there because I think what, what, to me, what you kind of said there was that it's not like controlling the controllables is not necessarily a mindset where you're, where you're um, not having a plan. Like preparation is a big part of controlling the controllable. So uh, you know, like, it's okay to acknowledge that the weather is going to be bad and maybe even plan for how you're going to deal with it. Right. So that's very realistic. And that's, that's something that you should do, right. Having that plan ahead of time, but the, the, it kind of crosses the line and it can become sort of detrimental to your performance when you're not prepared in advance and you're, and you're so focused on it, um, you know, during the, during that, your actual performance during the, um, during the present moment. Uh, and I think that also happens because, you know, as humans, we, we also notice that like, if we're worried about the weather, you know, sometimes that's something that's in the future or, you know, so a lot of times we find ourselves, we're worried about like 
something that's going to happen in the future. And we really can't, as much as we'd like to think we have, we can, we can't really control the future. And we also can't control the past. So maybe if, you know, we're in a performance situation and maybe we've made a mistake uh, previously, uh, you know, if we're controlling the controllables, we're saying like, okay, can I control what just happened in the past? Is there anything I can do about that? Well, probably not. You can learn from it. So maybe taking a, a minute just to take the lesson from it, but then, okay, well, what can I control? If it's not the past and it's not the future, what is it? It's the, it's the present moment. So thinking temporally too, and that's a good way to notice uh, when you're not in that mindset is, okay, am I thinking about the, the, the present right now, or am I thinking about the past or the future? And if you can kind of notice in your mind where you're at with that, um, that will help you kind of get a gauge on, okay, am I actually in this control the controllable, control the controllables mindset um, that I'd like to be in? I really like how you talked about kind of being in the present because that reminds me in particular of two athletes that really focus on their preparation and take caring, taking care of the things that they can take care of so that going mm -hmm. forward, they kind of, the ball was in their court, they dealt with it, and now it's now it's out of their hands and they can let someone else manage. So when I think of preparation, I think of LeBron James, who spends a lot of time and a lot of effort and a lot of money to take care of his bodies with trainers and chefs and cryotherapy and hyperbaric chambers. But while a lot of us don't have these kinds of resources, the stuff he does off the court, like taking care of his body, that can be, that can be adopted at little or no cost. So it's just mm -hmm. kind of about taking sacrifices. Then we think about Kobe Bryant, who understands that while he doesn't have the final say in what people are going to write about him, because as an athlete who was under the microscope with literally everything that he did, he understood that, you know, he, he can't control what people are going to write about him, what they're, what's going to be on TV about him, but he's going to do everything in his power, everything that he can control to make sure that, you know, he's going to dictate the material on his end. And that's going to go a long way with the people who are going to report back on him, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So to me, that that's a great, I, I love, yeah, Kobe's like mama mentality. And, and um, I think that's a, I think that, that was very like apt of you to bring that up in this podcast because it, yeah, I think he really exhibits the control the controllables mindset really well. Uh, and what I heard you say there too, is kind of like, he's thinking about like, okay, how is he defining success in his mind? Is it about what the, what the people will write about him or is it about like what he can control and how that will, you know, take care of itself, uh, you know, in terms of what the writers will write. But his success to him is actually dictating, yeah, controlling the, the things that he can on his end. Um, and another, this is a coach who does that, a basketball coach, John Wooden, um, who's one of the most successful basketball coaches in the history of uh, college basketball. I think he had kind of like a similar mindset. Uh, and I, I found this quote, I was actually looking through this this morning, um, and it, he said, success is, is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best which you're capable of. Um, so that's kind of how he defined it there. And again, it's he, he focused on, OK, is is the outcome of, of a game like under under our control? No, it's, it's really not. There might be bad refs. You know, there might be somebody might get hurt. There's a million things that might happen that might influence the outcome of a game. Uh, that makes it out of your control. But what is under in, under your control? And that quote, he said, you know, you, you gain satisfaction from knowing you made the effort from to, uh, to do the best you're capable of. So you can control your effort. Effort is something that you always have control over. And it was clear, obviously, in John Wooden's uh, career that by getting people to focus on their effort, something that they very much could control uh, and defining success that way, success as effort, uh, you know, doing the best you can. Um, that is 
a great way, a, gr- a great thing to, to focus on that you actually can't control. Um, so I really like that from John Wooden. Another, I think, high performer that really kind of exemplifies a control the controllables mindset is, believe it or not, it's Conor McGregor. Uh, and I know a lot of people, you know, have different opinions about him. But uh, one thing, he has this quote, well, it's kind of a quote, it's a small little blurb, but his kind of philosophy about MMA fighting, he's, a, he's an MMA fighter, uh, for those of you that don't know, his philosophy was uh, that any opposite opponent that he faces uh, in the octagon, he doesn't really worry about who they are. So he kind of likes to say there is no opponent. It's just you versus you in there. And I think the reason why he likes to think that way is because you can't control your opponent. You can't control who they are and what they're going to do and, and anything that they bring in, right? All you can control is yourself and your reaction. So if I, if I frame my performance in, in his case, his fight in terms of, okay, there is no opponent. It's really just me. It's just me and they're doing my thing. Uh, cause, cause he can control that. Uh, and that's obviously led him to be really successful too. So we can see through, through several of these high performers that, uh, you know, this works, right? Like focusing on what you can control really does work. Uh, and it's evident in, in these guys, you know, just amazing careers. You were kind of in a rhythm, so I didn't want to interrupt you. But when you were talking about success, I really liked how you put an emphasis on how you define what success is going to be for you. It's not a, it's not general for everybody on a team or everybody in a club. Success is defined by each individual. So for what's success for LeBron might be different for Kobe. What was what's successful for John Wooden might be successful for any other current coach. So I think it's really important yeah. that we talk about success and what kinds of things you're going to do to be successful for you as an individual, as an athlete. Yeah, that's a great point. So, I, I mean, to me, the takeaway from that is like it, maybe defining success as just try this. Maybe if you're out there listening and you want to apply this to what you're doing, just define success as did I control the controllables, right? And if you do that, just kind of see where that takes you. Maybe try that for a week. And if you if you find that you're successful in that way, see how that impacts, you know, your life and uh, you know, on the field, off the field, in the in the business room, you know, in the meeting room, wherever. Absolutely. And and with so. that, kind of take account of the emotions and the things that you're feeling when you're controlling the controllables. How do you feel when you come out of a situation that normally you wouldn't be as cognizant of these kinds of controlling the controllables? How do you feel if it's something mm-hmm. that you're uncomfortable with? Maybe that's good that you're a little bit uncomfortable with it. If it's something that didn't sit with you right, maybe try it differently the next time. So I think those kinds of things of being cognizant are really important for this new controlling the controllables if it's something that you are unfamiliar with. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. That's, a, that's an excellent point. And I think that really brings us to a good kind of closing point. So I think that um, I think you had a, a quote that you wanted yeah, to end so with, correct? <clears throat> at the memorial service for the NFL great Walter Payton in 1999, Reverend Jesse Jackson said that tombstones have a date on the left and a date on the right with a dash in the middle. You can't control the numbers on the left and right, but you can control the dash. On the dash is where you make your statement. And I really think that that kind of rounds out the controlling the controllables mindset that we've talked about today. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It does. So hopefully that will be a good thing for you guys to take with you. And um, thank you guys so much for listening. You know, we're early on here. We're getting better, but Uh, We're focusing on what we can control and we hope that you guys continue to listen. So thanks guys for listening.